Welcome to the Passion Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Nate Shaver, and I'm excited you've tuned in today. We are in week three of our nine-week series titled Being a Disciple. This last Sunday, we talked about your story. What is your story? Is it a story of redemption? Well, I pray today as you listen to this message that God would begin to reveal to you how amazing he is, and he would begin to shape and mold your story for him. Well, be blessed as you listen to this message. Well, awesome. Week two of the actual series, like breakdown for everybody. Week three of, of introing and then that. So kind of confusing. I don't know why I did it that way, but that's just how we did it. You guys enjoying it so far? Yes. Good? How's life groups going? Is it good? Are you guys enjoying the life groups? Cool. No one's enjoying the life groups. That's good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, well, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm stoked, and I'm so thankful for everybody that stepped up to help with the life groups and to be a part of making that happen. Uh, so thank you, leaders, for doing that. Uh, it is not always easy to lead something, and sometimes because you just don't want to lead. You would rather have the time to do something else or, or just sit sometimes. So thank you so much for leading, all of you. I am very blessed by it, and uh, I'm just so thankful. Me and my wife both are very thankful. So um, uh, one thing that wasn't mentioned up there is looking ahead for Christmas, we are going to do another Christmas Eve outreach. Exciting? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to require a lot of interaction today, so keep your ears open. But we're going to do another Christmas Eve outreach, like, kind of like we did last year. But um, also, if you didn't know, Tim Flanker has stepped into the role here at Passion as the kind of missions and outreach development director. Yeah, that's exciting. There we go. Yeah, get some. But it's awesome because, you know, I've been doing all this planning for Christmas Eve and the Easter stuff. Well, this is where he'll get to put this stuff together. So we met, I think it was Tuesday, right? And we had a couple hours of just talking through what what it was like last year for Christmas Eve and what we're going to do this year, how we can become, especially with the series we're going through, how we can be a little more gospel oriented about it which I know they're sharing the love of God by just giving things, but how, how can we be equipped to, to share a little more of the gospel without infringing upon any rules or regulations in the mall? So we're talking through that right now, but he'll be putting together lead teams, so you might uh, get a phone call or he might come up to you at church and ask if you want to help uh, put stuff like that together. Also, he'll be working on putting together uh, evangelism outreaches on Saturdays. So our church will have the opportunity to go out and just share the love of Christ with people. So I'm really excited about that. And, uh, you know, that's a, it's a whole new thing for us, but I think it's appropriate that we're going to be starting this stuff up since we're going through a series that's equipping us to do that. So it's exciting, and, and it doesn't mean you have to come to everyone. It just means we're going to have opportunities available for you and for all of us here at Passion. So a lot of cool things are happening at our church. I'm excited. We're moving forward. Yeah, it's good. I don't know if you remember me talking about the mountain, right, and how we, we climb the mountain and we stop and we take breaks, and there's nothing wrong with a moment of rest um, to regain your strength, but we should never sit here too long. The Lord never calls us to stop. He calls us to keep going until we die, right, until we reach the end, until he comes back. We don't just stop and say we've reached our high. We've reached our best and that's enough. I'm comfortable now. 
So we are not going to stop. We're going to keep going, and we're going to keep trusting God and asking him for vision and uh, just, just going where he's leading us. Amen? Is that cool? Amen. All right. Awesome. Well, we've gone over the scripture, gosh, I think every week for the last year, but if you would turn with me to Matthew 28, 19 through 21. This is old news probably for us, but if you're new here, maybe this is new for you. Uh, I'm just going to give you a quick recap of last week. So last week, the expected outcome was that every disciple maker would experience a spirit-filled life. And we talked about the importance of the Holy Spirit to a disciple. And I don't know if you remember talking about uh, uh, how we have to focus on the product that produces the byproduct. And, you know, we so often get stuck on, well, we want, this is what we want as the outcome, but we don't want to do what it takes to get that outcome. So we want to experience the fruits of the Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, continually seeking the Father to be filled and experience that outpouring. So it's the blessing of the obedience. Amen? All right, so the application last week was to crucify the flesh and its desires, which we're called to do, as the Bible says, to focus on the product that produces the byproduct and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And remember, being filled with the Holy Spirit is not a one-time thing. It's something we do as often as we need it. (laughs) Because sometimes you just get emptied out and you just need to ask the Lord to fill you again uh, throughout the day, maybe every hour, maybe every minute. If you have several kids and you're watching all, all these kids, like we have four kids, so sometimes... I'm pretty sure cats, like, every five minutes, like, I need more. I need more. And we might be watching extra kids and, and all that. But it's, it's good, but it's a continual thing. Amen? All right, so let's dive into this week. What's the expected outcome for this week? That every disciple maker will share their story with people where they live, work, eat, shop, study, play, you name it. Wherever you are, that we would share our story. What's your story? What is your story, and how could it impact somebody? And we're going to talk about what that looks like, how to share your story, just some ways in how to do that. But as a Christian, you are a child of God and a member of God's family. You are an ambassador for Christ. We've said that a lot here, right, at church, that we're ambassadors for Christ. The Great Commission, which we'll read here in a second, calls you to spread the gospel to teach others to obey all of God's ways. Every believer is called to make disciples. We are called to share the good news of salvation, which is the gospel. So we are called. We are called. This is the resounding thing is called. We're going to hear called a lot. You know, there's a difference between the will of God and the call on our life, right? There is a difference between the will and the call. God calls us. God, part of our will, this is where... It kind of intersects because I, I grew up thinking, you know, will and call was very much the same. Well, it's just not God's will that I would share the gospel with people, or it's not God's will that this. Well, that is God's will and calling for us. That's part of our calling. It always should be part of our calling uh, no matter where we go. He might call us to the check, you know. He might call us to downtown Rock Island like Caleb Kuzno's doing, you know. He might call us to the jail, but it's called to do what? To share the gospel. So the end result should be to share the gospel. And I pray, and this is for me too, I pray that all of us would get to a point where when we leave a place, we have shared the gospel with somebody. 
I pray that we have that kind of excitement and joy and uh, just passion for God that we just can't help it. We should be in a place with God, especially with the blessings that we have. Even though we may not recognize them all the time, we are blessed people. (laughs) In America, no matter what the news says, no matter what social media says, we are a blessed people. We have so much freedom in this country. And though it may seem like it's being taken away, that's, it's not, not. Not as bad as you may think, because the media portrays it to be the end all, but it's, it's not. Let's not let the media scare us, all right? That's what they're, it's scare tactics, okay? It's all scare tactics. So we are a free people, and we should enjoy and take joy and delight in our freedom as believers. So I've been praying that the fire in the belly, remember I said that last week and the week before, that God gives us that kind of desire, that just we can't shake it. And I'm continuing to pray that for each and every one of you and for me as well. So that is my prayer. All right, Matthew 28, 19 through 20, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's right teaching them to observe all things that I have. And lo, I am with always, even to the end of the age. And then it says, amen. Amen. Amen and hallelujah, right, Matthew? <laughs> this, this is a long-standing joke. We, we say amen instead of amen. It's hallelujah and amen, not amen and hallelujah. So... We should do that sometime. We should sing a song with, with hallelujah and, and, and go hallelujah instead and just throw people off. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> All right, so, so I just want to dive further into this. Imagine that there is a disease. Imagine that there is a disease and every day you hear about the disease and everybody is just being affected, infected with this disease. You see it on the billboards every day, advertisements that the disease is just running rampant. And the hopelessness of this disease is taking place. People are just, it's, it's it. It's, it's, death is happening everywhere, but we have a cure. So imagine the disease is running rampant, but we have the cure. And instead of releasing the cure, we keep it to ourselves. So we choose then to offer it to others. So the questions that I have with, and they won't be on the screen, but what will the infected people think of us as we hold on to this cure, right? So what's the, what is the disease? It's sin. It's eternal damnation. <laughs> the disease is, is running rampant in the world, not just this culture. But as Christians, we can tend to do this with it and hold on. Unless they come into our church, right, then, then like we said a couple weeks ago, we become a hospice and we take care of them till the day they die. Instead of being a hospital where we help them get better and release them out. So how would they feel if they knew healing was available, but we wouldn't give it? Angry. It's, it's hard. And you know what? They may not understand that they're, that they're sick. We see it. We understand this as believers. But it's our job to help educate them and help them understand 
that we have a cure for their problems, that we have a cure for their disease. Now, I don't, I don't want you going up to somebody after church. Did you know that you have a disease and I have the cure? They're going to look at you like you are crazy. There's the term Jesus freak. That's just freak, okay? <laughs> I don't think that's Jesus freak. I think that's just weird. I, I would be weirded out like, what are you talking about? So, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. Did you know you're disease-ridden and I've got the cure? Let's, let's, let's not do that, but that's more of just for us. It's an analogy. It's to help us understand what we do. And, and you know what? It's not that not all of us hold on to it because we're just unwilling to let it go. It's just that we may not understand how. You know, maybe we don't understand how to introduce the cure to the person. But we have the cure, which is amazing. And I thank you, Jesus, that we have you as the cure for our diseases. <laughs> Physical, too. That the power of God is powerful enough to heal people, right? It did not, the gift did not go away, did not cease, and still active in working. So we should not only lead people to become Christ's followers, but also to become disciples who make disciples. That's our big thing, right? However, many Christians think that it's the job of only the, the pastor or the professional to do it. And I know we've already talked about this, that I don't want anybody in this church to think that it's just my job to minister and my job to lead people to Jesus. You know, like my dad was saying in our leadership meeting today, last night we were unpacking everything from ISI, into this place and putting all, all the stuff back. And this guy came in, asked for a pastor. And so Zach, one of the guys that works for One Voice, said, yeah, Nate over here is a pastor. You can talk to him. And I'm tired. I would rather not have that conversation. But I, I just did. But the guy was talking about how he came from a very legalistic background. And he's got a friend in Africa right now that was a part of a church, very actively seeking the Lord. She's still a, a strong believer, but... The church got really weird. The leadership started requesting, you know, demanding, and it got really weird, so she just went, I'm out. And so for months, actually, I think over a year now, she's not been attending a church, but she still believes in God, and so he really feels called to go to Africa and minister communion with her and then help her get back into a church and to see that not all churches are crazy, (laughs) And uh, so he went to his leadership at his church, and they said, absolutely not. You're not ordained to, to minister communion. You're not a minister. Um, you're not a leader, and we're not going to go there. So I'm sorry, you're, you're out of luck. And I told him that we don't believe that here. <laughs> all of us are ministers in that area. All of, our, all of us are ministers of the gospel. No, no certificate can make me official in God's eyes, it's just whether or not I believe in him and I seek his truth. Amen. So, so it's great to have a certificate, and it might feel good to accomplish that, but in God's eyes, it doesn't matter. Because I know, I know a lot of people and, and that have the certificate but aren't walking out the gospel. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean, but it's the truth. We, get, we can tend to get our certificates, and then we have all the knowledge, and we get comfy in our knowledge and this way of thinking instead of being open to the Holy Spirit and what he's saying and his truth and how it can continually transform us, not just one time, right? So I was explaining this to this, this guy, and uh, 
I gave them some of our communion elements. They said, you need to go and do this. I think this is important. You know, as another believer to come into her life as an old friend and a believer and to, to minister to her in that way, I think is really powerful. So we prayed together and, and he was released to go do that. So don't think that it's my job to do all of these things or it's just the elder's job to do this. All right, the term pastor, I don't, you know, people call me Pastor Nate. Remember Rochelle yesterday at ISI, every time she walked, Pastor Nate, you know, I just, I'll receive it, I'll take it, whatever, just for fun. But it's weird for me because I don't, I don't, you know, it's, it's just a term. It's just a word to me. But God has given me a pastor's heart and the, the pastor, the, the caring side of a pastor, someone who cares for people so deeply. And God has really given that to me. And I love you guys so much. So I carry a pastor's heart, but I don't really care about the terminology. If you call me pastor or you call me apostle or, uh, you know, dad, you're a bishop, right? We, we, we always refer to you as Bishop Schaefer. My wife is Apostle Cat, please, from now on, Apostle Cat. Oh, sorry, prophet, prophetess, prophetess. We've we got to get the right. First lady, there we go. Wow, this is, all right, rabbit trail. <laughs> Oh, that's all right. It's okay. I'll start calling her first lady. That'll go over well at the house. Teach our kids to do that. Better than woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And I've, I worked on that one. But, uh, but it's, not, it's not just me. It's not, I'm not the only one that's called. We're all called to minister to people. Amen? Amen. So God's design is that every believer should regularly experience... And you have to understand, and I've, I've said it the last couple weeks, that there's an immense joy that will come over us when we share the gospel. Amen. And it is, it is God's design. I mean, can you imagine sharing the gospel but not having, I mean, feeling depressed afterwards? Like, that would not motivate us. But God gave us and gives us that immense joy to motivate us and to keep us excited about his truth. He does that so we want to go to the next person and the next person, and the next person. And it might be hard to get the first one because it's all new and it's something you've never done before. But once you do, you'll experience that joy. And I'm excited to see a joyful... I mean, I'm, you're all joyful now, but I'm excited to see the joy that will come as we share the gospel. I believe the joy is going to blow the roof off this place. Yeah, not literally. That, that would not be good. Well, if you would turn with me to 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. Give you a moment to turn there. So our job is to help bring people into the life-giving relationship with Jesus. All right, 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So every believer is a disciple, and every disciple is called to be a disciple maker. Now, when we read that, we're saying all things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men. It's going to be awfully hard for us to share the gospel with people if we're not faithful. 
It's this faithlessness instead of faithfulness. So we have to make sure that we're faithful to his truth and his word. And it is not easy. It's very challenging. And that doesn't mean, well, I know in Matthew it says to go and be perfect as my heavenly father is perfect. That's to walk in that perfection because we believe in him. But we all know that we are sinners, right? Saved by, by grace. So for sinners saved by grace, that doesn't mean all of our sin just magically goes away and we never struggle for the rest of our life with anything. It just means we know who we can run to. So that being said, it's, it's not saying, well, uh, commit these two perfect men that have never sinned, never fallen short. It says to faithful men. So it's important that we're faithful. Amen? And if we're faithful, then we will be able to teach others the gospel. So once again, every believer is a disciple maker, and every disciple is called to be a disciple maker. I have two points here. Number one, if we submit to what God expects of us, then we will live a very blessed life. If we submit to what God expects of us, then we that I, then you, will live a very blessed life. And, and it doesn't mean all of a sudden you have a bigger home, all of a sudden you've got a nicer car, all of a sudden this, this, this. It's just being blessed. And God will bless us with joy. He'll bless us with the fruits of the Spirit that help us kill the flesh, the circle. Number two, if we submit to what God expects of us, then we will bless the people around us, leading them to the Lord, and enabling them to lead others to the Lord. So if we submit to what God expects of us, then we will bless the people around us, leading them to the Lord, and enabling them to lead others to the Lord. It's important that we're good with God, that we are taking that time. Back to Timothy, being faithful, being faithful. If we're faithful, if we ask the Lord to fill us with his Holy Spirit daily, if we are continually seeking the Father, we're continually loving the Father and submitting to the truth of his word, not our ideas, not what pastor said, but his word by reading it, by seeking him through this word. If we submit and are faithful to that, it will bless the people around us. How does it bless the people around us? Because we're changed. That we are naturally more patient when somebody's angry with us. That we, we learn to hold our tongue instead of yell back. And people will take notice of the change in our life. And they may not be able to say, oh, this, is that Jesus in you? They might not have a clue, but they're going to, I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard somebody say, there's just something different about you. Have you ever heard somebody say that? Man, there's just something different. That should be a moment where you go, it's Jesus. Not, why? Well, I, I don't know, I, I colored my hair, or I got a pedicure, or maybe I, this is a new shirt. That's, no, or maybe I've lost some weight. No, that's when you can say, it's Jesus. I don't know, pedicures. I don't get pedicures. And I don't color my hair. I did a couple times. Cat did that for me when we were younger, but 
confession time, right? But when we are changed people, when we are changed, when we submit to the truth of God, we will bless the people around us. Inevitably, I believe, will lead them to the Lord. So let's be faithful people to the truth and not just to the idea of God. Research shows that most Christians will live their whole life without sharing their faith once. Going further, uh, 90% of believers will never come to our churches. 90% will not step foot in a church, and sometimes for good reasons, because they see how we bicker and we argue and we fight. They go, I don't want to step in there. There's nothing good that's going to come out of that, right? That's their mindset. And some of it is just because they just won't, because they don't believe. That's got to change, amen? amen? So first, we have to start with us being willing and able and doing it, going and sharing the love of Christ with people, and then opening our doors. And you know, it's easier for us to open our doors and say, come to church. Church is at 10 a.m. on Sundays. Come to our church. Come to our building. Come here. We can minister to you if you're here because I have the help of the pastor that I can send you to to do the ministry so I can sit in my chair that I've been sitting in for the last five years that should have a reserved sign on it, which in some churches, that's the truth. So come to church. And we have bring a friend to church day. There's nothing wrong with bringing a friend to church. Don't get me wrong. There is nothing wrong with that. But that's the way we see the gospel. It says, go. Go, therefore, and make disciples, not bring them to this place. If you have a building, that's great, because then you can share the gospel. So there are three main reasons why many Christians do not share the gospel, and I've shared this already but they're afraid. We, are, we can be afraid, can't we? It's scary to share the gospel. But really, when you think about it, in the country that we live in, America, how, how is it that scary? If I share the gospel with somebody, I most likely won't have a gun pointed at my head or be thrown into a jail cell and tortured. I mean, I could walk up to somebody in the mall and say, have you heard about Jesus? And they might tell me I'm an idiot. They might cuss me out. And that's... That's what I'm scared of? That's what we're scared of? Man, we take this for granted, don't we? <laughs> maybe, maybe it's that you don't know who to share the gospel with. Maybe you're like, I just don't know. I don't want to go up to somebody, and maybe they already believe, and they're, you know, they're, they just tell me that they're good, right? I don't know, maybe, maybe they've been in church, and we have that conversation. Or maybe it's this one person, but I don't know if they're ready to hear it. Is that somebody I should... Share it with it. Would, would they, what's the deal, right? That, that could be a question as well or in our, in our minds. Like, who? And then how? So this is where I want to get into the how. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Go therefore and make disciples, just like we said, to all of the nations. Czech Republic as well. All of the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. 
the one with all the authority in heaven and on earth, is with us and promises to never leave us. So if we have a father that has promised to never leave us and to never forsake us, then we should not walk in fear. Amen? We should not be fearful or afraid, but we should be joyful, excited, and confident because of him. All right, so, so here's, here's, a, here's a way, and you'll be talking about this more in your life groups, but a way of, of sharing the gospel. First, yeah, start with listening to their story. So the big scheme is their story, your story, and God's story. And I've told a couple of you about this, but first one is to listen to their story. Get to know them. Actively listen in order to identify where they're coming from, their felt needs and pain points. So identify where they're struggling, what's painful in their life. Maybe, maybe some people, like I have people that would come into the coffee shop that would just start opening up about all sorts of issues in their life. So it wasn't hard for me to identify the pain points because they just started talking about it. But sometimes we have to really be attentive to hear that. Um, and ask the Holy Spirit to empower and then guide you in your thoughts and words as you respond. So the big thing we have to do is this. After we ask the question, you know, what's your story? What's, what's going on in your life? What, what is life like for you? And we have to do this. Close our mouths and listen. And not try to interject and, well, I see, I got the answer for that. No, no, we just keep our mouth shut to let them speak. And that'll help us as well. If we're listening intently and we're keeping our mouths shut, we'll be able to discern more because we're not rolling with our own thoughts going, well, I got an answer for that. I got an answer for that. I'm ready to speak. I'm trying to, you know, jump in. We just have to be good about being quiet and listening. So then you get to respond. Maybe you find something in their life that you can relate to. Maybe it was a struggle that they've had that you have also struggled with. But because of Jesus, you can now share your testimony of how God has brought you out of that. So this is where your story comes in. One easy approach is to start by asking, what would you say is the best thing that has ever happened to you? That's one thing you can ask somebody. What would you say? Maybe it's a coworker or your neighbor. Well, what's the best thing that has ever happened to you? If you could just name one thing, what would that be? Then you just ask in response, may I share the best thing that's happened to me? So that's one way to handle it as well. Tell about your life before Jesus. So it's important that they understand the contrast, amen? That as we share the gospel with people, they have to understand that something, Jesus has saved us. So if we just talk about our life as Christians, it's, there's, what are they going to relate to? So we have to step back into before we were Christ's followers and go, and this is what he's done to bring me to this place. So I accepted him. You may not have a specific date like me, I've accepted Jesus so many times growing up in church. So I don't have one day, but I, I can say that year five of our marriage, I finally stepped up to the plate and said, okay, I'm going to really, truly seek your truth and apply it to my life. And if you didn't know, if you're new here, me and my wife had a lot of marriage struggles, but because I finally chose to submit to the truth of the word, and be obedient to what he says, not perfect at it, but doing my best, our marriage has been transformed because of it. 
So, yeah, it is. It's amazing. And we talk about that a lot, frequently. So then you get to share God's story, which next week we're going to dive further into sharing God's story and what that looks like. So your story, some call it a testimony, three basic parts, before Christ, how my life was before I believed in Jesus. Then there's the turning point, how I came to know Jesus and why I chose to follow Jesus. So what was the reasoning? Why did you choose that? And I I know I've talked to people about Jesus, and they go, why did you choose Jesus, though? Why did you choose to follow him? And, you know, there are times I've gone, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. It's just because it's right. And see, being raised with it, I know all the church answers. Because Jesus? Because Jesus? But like to, to a non-believer, you got to have that why down. So practice that. Be thinking. Be processing. Why did you choose to believe Jesus? And after meeting Christ, how my life was changed, how your life was changed since accepting the Lord, since meeting Jesus. That's the process. So, so the application today, don't be afraid. Know that the Lord is your strength. And remember the blessing that will come out of sharing your story. So what's your story? That's a rhetorical question. <laughs> Everybody starts shouting their story at me. I guess if you wanted to, that's fine. Well, what is your story? Think about what your story is. And this, this week in your life groups, you will talk about that. And you will begin to work on what your story is. But be processing that as you prepare for life groups. If you're not in one, you're more than welcome to join. Come see me or Mark after church. If you can't join one, I totally understand. Still work on this. Maybe find somebody in the church that might have a moment with you that can do this with you on a weekly basis or a bi-weekly basis. But I think it's important that we hold each other up in this and we hold each other accountable to making sure we're working on our story. So don't be afraid. Know that the Lord is your strength. Remember, the blessing will come out of sharing your story. Maybe today you're here and you don't have that story of redemption. Maybe you have processed. You've been coming for a couple weeks or this is your first time here and you're going, I don't have that redemptive story. Well, today you can have that redemptive story. Today is the day where you can have the story of being redeemed. Holy cow, it's 1133. I apologize, everybody. Our screens have been messed up for the last couple weeks, as you could tell, last week. And usually I have a a clock on the back wall. I don't have a clock on the back wall except for that one, but I can barely see it. so, So I apologize. But yes, okay, good. I just like to be respectful of people's time. But, but be practicing that this week. And if you don't know him, please come see me. Come see my dad, Scott. See Mark. Raise your hand, Mark. Dustin, can you raise your hand? Jordan, after service, please see one of us. We would love to talk to you. I would love to share you my story. And, and I've shared that. <laughs> Not now. No. <laughs> No, Kelly, I won't do that right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I, I, will, I will wait on that one. But if you want to know my story, please come see me. We're not going to do a song at the end here. We were going to come up and do a song. But I think we're just going to pray and release. Thank you for sitting through this. Are you guys getting stuff out of this? Yes. Is this good? Yes. Okay.
Well, thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. Thank you for your truth that can transform us like nothing else can. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you took sinners like us. You chose to die for us, even though you didn't want to in a moment. When you were praying with with the Father, you said, let this cup pass from me. But instead, you said, but not my will, but yours be done. And you chose to do it because of how much you love us. Lord, I pray that you would give us the strength to work on our story. Lord, that you would show us. Lord, I pray that just this week as we sit down and work on this, Lord, would you just show us all of those moments that we need to have in our story, those moments where you have forgiven us, those moments that will speak to people. Lord, would you remind us of our past so we can share with others, but not just there so we can share with others how you changed us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for, for, for how much you love us and how much you care for us. And uh, I just pray that we have a, an obedient spirit this week to sharing with others. Give us excitement, Lord, about your truth. And like I said, that we would have this overwhelming joy as we share with others who we believe in. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this in your holy, precious name. And everybody said... Amen. Thank you for for toughing out the last bit for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you got a ton out of this message. Be sure to check back on our website for the most recent sermons posted. Also, you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Passion Church QC. And be sure and hit the like button. Well, have a blessed week, and I hope to see you on Sunday.